the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Is there someone in your life now or sometime in the past with whom you have wondered how many times do I have to forgive this person? <laughs> the ex-spouse who knows just how to touch that irrational button we all try to hide. The coworker who lights us up like a Christmas tree. The family member whose behavior continually harms us and all those we love. How many times should we forgive them? Apparently, a lot. When Peter asks his question of Jesus, how often should I forgive? Jesus responds with a number that is so large, it indicates, don't even try to keep track. And then he tells Jesus, tells a parable about an unforgiving servant, an allegory where God is the king and we, God's people, are the servants who are to be merciful as God is merciful to us. I'd like to turn our attention to the response of the community when they witness the servant who had been forgiven an obscenely large sum of money withholding forgiveness of another servant who owed him relatively little. Why do you think the community was greatly distressed by the unforgiving nature of the servant who had been forgiven so very much? Just think about that for a minute. Why do you think that is? And I'm gonna leave us there for just a moment We'll, report, we'll return to this important question, but first I wanna remind us that today is a big day. It's a big day in the life of the church, in this parish and also in the greater church because all Christians today are welcoming John and Charlie and in the next service, Gwynny and Millie into the life of Christ as they are baptized here at St. Stephen's today. Baptism, along with Eucharist, is a sacrament directly given to us by Jesus. In baptism, we claim belonging and we claim belovedness. Water, an outward and visible sign that we are cleansed of our sins. Light, a flame of a candle, a reminder to these babies who won't remember it, but their parents maybe can remind them, and to all of us that we are to carry the light of Christ out into the world, and chrism, holy oil, a sign of the presence of the Holy Spirit strengthening us in the faith. Ideally, baptism occurs as it does today in the context of corporate worship, emphasizing the communal nature of the vows we are making. Vows made by parents and godparents for the children and sometimes adults when they are baptized, and vows made by the community, vows we make to God and to these children that we will support them in their life of, in Christ. 
When we make this promise, we are committing to the best that we can to live like Jesus lived and to love like Jesus loves. That means steeped in prayer and scripture and practices, practices like forgiveness and mercy. We are committing to creating an environment that supports all of us in growing in our individual and communal lives in Christ. To be Christian is to be bound together. To be Christian is to make Christ the center of our lives and the center of our community. Which brings us back to that question I posed a bit ago, wondering why the community felt compelled to point out the merciless treatment that the forgiven servant gave toward his debtor. Jesus is showing us when we hold on to anger, when we choose not to forgive, when we are stingy with our mercy, when we are unjust, we harm not only the other person, we harm not only ourselves, because let's face it, holding on to anger and resentment is its own kind of torture, but we harm the entire community. That is why the community spoke up, for the good of the individual and the integrity of the community. What one person does in community impacts the entire community. Let's face it, we know, I mean, we know that anger and resentment and the inability to forgive are contrary to our well-being and the well-being of those around us. That still doesn't make forgiveness easy. Sometimes the hurt is so deep, the harm so egregious, we can't just will our way forward. Because if you're like me, I bet we've tried. Forgiveness is hard because forgiveness isn't fair. It is a double injustice. The first is the harm that is done to us, and the second is the decision not to retaliate. The terrible hurts and injustices we experience are by definition painful. It may take a long time to unpeel that onion of forgiveness. Now, as we're talking about forgiveness, I want to clarify some things. There is a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. Forgiveness can happen without the participation of the other. Reconciliation requires effort by both parties. Reconciliation is not always possible. So if there are people in our lives who are physically, emotionally, or spiritually abusive, God does not desire us to continually engage in placing ourselves in harm's way. We can pray for the grace to forgive the person who has wronged us and also do the best we can to protect ourselves and those whom we love. Trying to forgive does not mean that we are wrong to feel angry when we have been harmed. Anger is an emotion given to us by God. It's what we do with our anger. It's holding on that becomes the problem. So there is a brilliant woman whose name is Serene Jones, and she is the president of Union Theological Seminary, and she's from Oklahoma City. 
She's written a book I would commend to any of you. It's called Call It Grace. And Jones, in this book, writes of her courageous, years-long, faith-shaking experiences of pain and trauma and multiple failed attempts at forgiveness, especially trying to forgive her ex-husband and trying to forgive Timothy McVeigh, the Oklahoma City bomber. Jones writes, the dizzy freedom of forgiveness felt scary, but the growing weight of not forgiving, I knew would eventually destroy me and poison my daughter. It was then I realized why forgiveness is so hard. For Jones, she writes, it wasn't forgiveness, it wasn't because forgiveness let people off the hook, which is what I had so often tricked myself into thinking, we can forgive and still hold people accountable, she writes. What makes forgiveness hard is its demand that we give up the snuggly blankets of hate we believe will protect us from future harm. To forgive is to let go of what weighs us down so that we are freed to do the work of love in the world freed also to let ourselves be loved. After this epiphany, Jones describes realizing she was wrapped in the never-ending love of God. Wrapped in the never-ending love of God. Like Jones, I have personally experienced and also witnessed others praying mightily, going to therapy, and still feeling like forgiveness failures. Not sure if anybody else has ever been there. If that's where you are right now, I am so very sorry. It's an incredibly hard place to be. And I'm here to tell you, do not give up hope. Do not give up hope hope. Come and see John or Catherine or me. Sit with a trusted friend. Continue to go to therapy. Continue to pray for the grace to one day be able to forgive. Surround yourself with people who want you to heal and not those who take pleasure in your anger. And frankly, sometimes those people who take pleasure in our anger aren't easy to separate ourselves from. So let's not try to bring up our anger in front of those who are like pokers in the fire. Healing is not a solitary endeavor, and it takes time. How can we support one another in our forgiveness journeys without pushing people away from acknowledging their pain or forgiveness shaming? The first step is to make Christ the center. We are wrapped in God's love, and God is growing us. Trust God's loving light is shining even in the darkest crevices of our hearts. Pray for others to begin to be able to forgive as well. Pray for the healing of this community. Pray for the healing of the world. I have experienced in my own life and have witnessed with so many others the absolute miracle of forgiveness. By God's grace, the burden is lifted. 
It is a frustrating mystery to me how someone can strive mightily for years and then in time or even in a single moment, the heart has turned, the weight is lifted, the light shines brighter. Believe me, it's possible. And if you cannot believe, I will hold that hope for you. We will hold that hope for one another. We do not do this alone. Ultimately, if we cannot forgive, we can rest in peace knowing that God does our forgiving for us. God's abundant grace covers us and covers those who have harmed us. We live in a very individualistic society, but Matthew's gospel story today and our baptismal covenant remind us of God's desire for us to live communal lives. What we do ripples out as we are transformed by God's redeeming forgiveness and mercy, the community is transformed as we are healed the world is healed. We vow to do this hard forgiveness work for the sake of the four children that we baptize today and for all children, all of God's children in the world. We don't do this work alone. Water. We are forgiven and our enemies are forgiven. Light. Christ's shining even in the darkest parts of our hearts. Oil, the Holy Spirit working in and through us, strengthening us in the faith. Amen. <laughs>